So it's Matthew chapter 8. And it's the account or the story of where Jesus heals a leper. And um, from his heart, God reveals his hand from his heart. The heart of God is an amazing heart. It's a gracious heart. It's a good heart. And in this story, the account of how Jesus heals a man with leprosy, we see God revealing his heart, which moves his hand to act. And the amazing thing about our God, the amazing God whom we serve, he has a tremendous heart for you and for me. And his heart causes him to act and his hand reaches out to our lives. And we've been experiencing a little bit of that tonight as people are stepping out. Uh, You find that sometimes as people, sometimes they don't have to, but if they fall to the floor, it's not because they're being pushed or there's anything weird happening, but the power of the Holy Spirit sometimes comes upon people that way. This is all that's happening um, as people are reaching out to God and he reaches out his hand to them. But I find this, that he has an amazing, incredible, generous, good heart has our God. But it doesn't just stop there. His heart causes him to move and reach out to us and he extends his hand to us. And that's what this story is really all about. So we're just going to spend just a couple of moments and have a quick look at this together. So Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1 reads like this. And when he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. And these are his amazing words. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to him. Immediately touched him. He was made whole. He was um, made clean. Leprosy um, is a, um, a, a terrible disease. It, it, leaves, it can leave a person, um, in, in, still in certain parts of the world, leprosy is, prevails. There are certain parts of the world that you can, you can visit. I mean, Annette and I had the privilege, I had the privilege of visiting um, a year or two ago, 18 months ago, something like that, a leprosy village in India. And some of you, I know there are some people here that have been to that leprosy village in uh, a certain part of uh, sort of central southern India uh, with, with a man called Bishop Sudhir Kumar. And we visited, Annette and I visited a leprosy village. And boy, did I feel like crying at first. I, was, I know Annette warned me, you're going to be hit by all sorts of emotions when you go to India. And lots of others have warned me that. And as I walked, we walked into this village and we, knew, we were told what, what to expect. I really did feel like crying. Well, I think it sort of welled up, if I'm honest. I think I got quite tearful, really. And to see the people there, 30 or 40 people, men, women, children, some of the very early stages. There was a beautiful young girl that wanted to stand by Annette all the time. And throughout that, she was a, she was a lovely, beautiful girl of about, maybe about 13 or 14, but she had leprosy, she was, we were told. And yet, uh, you, you couldn't, I wouldn't have thought that, but this is what we were told. And there were some amazing people in this village, and there was an amazing organization reaching out to them, and doctors trying to treat their wounds. But what I saw, I was hit by lots of emotions. One, I felt ever so upset that there were people like this in the world. Uh, I saw wounds that made me churn. I was honest, I felt like churning with the wounds that I saw. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And the smell as well. And, and yet these were people who, 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 it was just incredible, overloaded. And I can sort of picture this account when a man comes to Jesus. I, I can see it. 
I can, it's, it's something that we've actually seen something very similar, and perhaps some of you have. And leprosy is a terrible disease. It's a disease that disfigures you. It's a disease that can eat away at the flesh and at the bones and at your body. It's a disease that can, that can, can take away your hands, take away your feet. It's a disease that leaves you with, without feeling in parts of your body. So, that when, so there were people that we met who had all sorts of wounds because they couldn't feel cutting their feet open and things like that. And so we met people with terrible wounds and um, rotting and decaying flesh. It, it was, I had not seen anything like this in my life. And um, incredibly humbling. And, um, this is, and because of that, and at this time, a leper um, and this village, no one went to except the Christians visiting this village. And, um, and, and in the days of Jesus, you wouldn't go near leper because you were scared of catching what they had. So leprosy left you not only disfigured and in pain and in certain doom of your life, but no one came near you. No one wanted to know you. You were left. And in certain parts of India and other parts of the world, this happens happening today. There's no healthcare system looking after them. And definitely wasn't in Jesus' day. And so you were left and scattered to the side. You were, in, you were in pain. You were disfigured. You felt like a no one. You were a non-person. I want you to think of this for a minute. It's incredible. I can't conceive of this almost. But you become a non-person. No one wants to look at you. No one wants to go near you. Nobody will even cross your path. You don't become it. You're a non-person. And this man... This leper was a non-person. When he, I don't know how, how badly he was disfigured. I don't know how, what state he was in leprosy. But no one would come near him. He would have been in pain. Nobody would have liked him. It was a horrible disease. Became a non-person. Was untouchable, unavoidable. Incredible. But he had a meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ that day. Leprosy is a terrible, terrible, terrible disease. But he comes to Jesus and falls at his feet and says to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I am willing. Be clean. A couple of words there. Willing. I am willing. If you're willing, you can make me clean. I am willing, says Jesus. There's something revealed of the heart of God. God's heart is a willing heart. Have you ever known when you're doing something, you find somebody at work is a willing worker or a willing hand, you say. In church life, you say, well, they're very helpful. They're a willing worker, you know, where where somebody will just be there for you. Do whatever you want. We'll be around you. We'll help and go the extra mile. Carry your stuff. Open the door. I'll take that for you. I'll do this. A willing worker, a willing help. Well, think of it in human terms like that, but this goes even further with the heart of God. He reveals something spectacular about his heart. In Jesus revealing God, our Heavenly Father, reveals reveals an amazing picture of the heart of God. He says, I am willing. God is willing. God is willing. The word there really carries this feeling of, of him entering in, having a heart concern, having compassion, being moved by our circumstance and suffering. The, the picture there, the word literally means, I've got a concern for you. I have a heart for you. I'm concerned. I'll move. My heart will move for you. I'm concerned about your life. I'm interested in you. God's interested in you. He cares and is concerned about you and me, no matter what or whatever it is. He is so willing. I find it amazing. God isn't a God who will hold back on us. You have to work really hard. You have to be absolutely 100% perfect. God is a willing God, a God of great heart, God of great compassion. What an incredible God we serve. We're living in an age of performance, league tables, try harder, climb up the ladder, do better. But this is a God who comes and says, I see you where you are. 
You are amazing. What an amazing, incredible God. This man was at his wit's end. Life, he was a non-person. He was kicked in the gutter and left to die. If you are willing, and Jesus, I am willing. God's heart, it will reach out to you at any time, any place, anywhere. No matter what you've done, no matter what you might face, God will reach out to you and to me. In the midst of our heart and life. And so some of us have been responding tonight. And that's been happening as people have been coming. And just saying, God, will you help me? Willing. Willing, willing, willing. I am willing. And something amazing happened. Now, with that, with Jesus said, the man said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus says, I am willing. Be clean. And he did something. He touched him. That's a big no-no in the world with leprosy. He did something amazing. Jesus Touched the leper. Now I know you read that. You've probably read it many a time. In this, in this village in India, I know I can look at some of you, and I know some of you have been there, and I see some of you here that've been there. The people then want prayer. They want you to lay hands on them and pray. It was the most privileged thing for us to actually, wasn't it, to actually pray with people, lay hands on them, to touch them. There's something powerful about touch, you know. You know when you shake someone's hand, or you put the, your hand on somebody's shoulder. Or you put your arm around somebody's shoulder. There's, there's a, I'm, I'm talking about appropriate touch. There's something really amazing. Psychologists actually tell us, and have studied this, in the study of psychology and the study of you know, social behavior, that when we shake hands, if you put your arm around someone, if you, 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 you touch their shoulder, or what we call appropriate touch, it's very powerful. It bonds you to somebody. Immediately, it, it, it can disarm um, anger and, and upset. Sometimes it can wind people up if it's not, don't catch them at the right time. But there's something powerful about touch. You know, doctors and people in the medical profession also would say that when you touch, when you, when you put your hand on someone's shoulder, if it's in friendship, um, certain chemicals are released in the human body that make you feel good and feel better and help you bond to another person. It's spectacular, the power of touch. Just touching someone. But you know, when Jesus touched this leper, he, he broke all cultural, social and medical barriers. And he reached out and said, I identify, I love you. You are a person. You're not a non-person. You are someone. You're not a no one. That's incredible. He, when he, and this is the amazing thing. And so Jesus' heart, the heart of God, causes him to reveal his hand. And this is, what I want to, this is what I want to get to. God's heart is so willing and good for you and me. And it causes him to reach out his hand to our lives. We have a God who can do something. Do something about life and he'll reach out and touch us with his hand. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, uh, one of the great travesties in our world are the um, institutionalized children in Romania. You know, under the, the Romanian uh, previous regime, um, children in orphanages and in homes, um, untouched, hardly nappies even being changed from babes. And what they found is, and hardly any human contact with the people that would be in those homes to care for them, okay? I don't know if you've ever seen any of those documentaries and programs. But what they found is that as these children are beginning to grow up, they're non-socialized. They're non-loved. They become non-people. And so they see them in a corner, looking into space, hardly being able to interact, not being able to hardly talk, not even smiling and their eyes lighting up. Touch is so incredibly powerful but i tell you what if human touch is that powerful how about the touch of the hand of god on our lives i say that not to hype it up but to say in reality we serve an amazing god the touch of the hand of god if human touch 
Because we're made in the image of God, you see. But if human touch, if human love and friendship and care and a show of concern can bring about such a, a change in our hearts and lives that we become a person and we feel loved, what about the hand of an amazing, almighty, heavenly Father, supernatural God, to put his hand upon your life? in your marriage, in your home, at your job, if you're concerned, if you're worried, if you think that you've fouled up life, you've made a mess of your life, if you've got a habit that you can't break, the touch of the hand of God upon your life and my life. And so Jesus reached out and touched the man. Now it's amazing that the hand of God is released by the heart of God. And the heart of God and the hand of God are tied up with something that we see that the man did. Have a look at this. This is amazing. The heart and hand of God is tied to something that this dear man did. This poor man, this non-person did something amazing. It says that a man with leprosy, in verse 2, came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. In another translation it says, he came and worshipped before Jesus. He got down in the dust and the gutter, as it were, and would have been lying at Jesus' feet, as it were. He worshipped him. He gave his life. He yielded. He, gave, he had nothing to lose. He had nothing. This man had nothing. And so he gave what he had. My nothingness, he gave it to God. He gave it to the Lord Jesus Christ. He yielded and gave his life to him. Knelt in worship. You know, the, our abandoned heart releases the loving hand of God. I want to say to you, the, the abandoned human heart releases the loving hand of God. I meet so many Christians who live unfulfilled lives because we've not abandoned our hearts to God. We've not given, not yielded. And I meet so many unfulfilled people in life because we're living life, rushing around, making our own plans, doing our own thing, living life our own way, which is okay, I suppose, but it's not the full picture. The full picture is making sure that our hearts are right with God. Don't wait till it's too late. Right now, right this moment, get your heart right with God. Give your heart and life to God. Perhaps as a believer, as a Christian, you're running around trying to sort it out yourself. You're making your own plans. Well, I would say as a believer and as a Christian, let's yield and give our hearts afresh to God. I tell you this, something amazing happens. We learn from this man. When we yield and give our hearts and lives to God, God's heart is moved and his hand is placed upon your life. It's amazing. It works. They're three little simple things, but when they come together, it could change your life forever. It could change our church forever, those three simple little things. You know, Jesus Christ is an amazing God. He's an amazing God. In this um, uh, uh, passage, in, in Matthew chapter 8, it's, a, it's an amazing um, chapter because it's miracle after miracle after miracle. It's speaking of the kingdom of God breaking in and um, Matthew's sharing the picture, the message there, that the picture of the kingdom of God on earth is this power over sickness, power over evil and it's a sign of, one of the signs of the kingdom of God coming and breaking into our fallen, broken world. We see a bit later on in chapters 8 and 9, miracle after miracle after miracle and um, uh, then in chapter 10, Jesus then shares this ministry of healing and the miraculous and the hand of God, the heart and hand of God, this ministry of the heart and hand of God, he shares in chapter 10 with his disciples. It's for the church. It's for the church today. It's a sign. One of the signs of the kingdom is the heart and hand of God moving in and through the heart and life of the church today. 
We see that in chapter 8 and 9 and then released to the disciples. But you know what? God still heals today. God is the living God. He still does the same thing and can do the same thing today. You know, I've seen it with my own eyes. Some years ago, when I was um, quite a new Christian, I, um, I started to say to my pastor, I felt like God was calling me to you know, give my life to serve in some way. So he said to me, why don't you come around visiting with me? So he would ask people if it's okay, and I started to go around visiting. And one day we visited, this is in Aldershot in Hampshire, where I, I, the area that I'm from. We were visiting this family one day, and this lady, and this lady, um, we went to visit her, was paralyzed down one side of her body. She actually stood like that. Anyway, so my pastor said, well, Jesus Christ could heal you today. Would you like us to pray? And the lady said, yes, please. So I took a big gulp thinking, right, I know this is true, but now what are we going to do if it doesn't happen, God? So we began to pray, and after about three or four minutes, she, she, she began to wince and say, I've got a terrible pain in my head. It's awful. It's, I'm going to pass out. I thought, well, now we're really in trouble. We're going to make her feel worse. Anyway, we continued to pray, and uh, pray for dear life, really, and then something amazing happened. She said, I can move, I can move, I can move. And then, amazingly, she began to do this with her hand. She then began to move her arm, when we went in there, first of all, she was walking like this. It wasn't made up. I knocked me over with a feather. I couldn't believe it at the time. It was one of the first miracles I'd actually seen, healing with my own eyes. And my, my pastor, Mike, my, a guy called Mike Bailey, he was praying there. And I sat the other side, just hanging on for dear life, saying, please, God, let her get better. And it was spectacular. Jesus Christ heals today. Some years later, about three or four years later, I found myself ministering in a certain part of Scotland and I saw miracle after miracle after miracle. Went through a phase of about two, a two-year period and in this particular church in a, in a, in a fishing village called Torrey in Aberdeen, which was, a, which was a challenge of a place, but amazing time. I had the most amazing, Helen and I, the most amazing time of ministry. We saw, I saw a lady with rheumatoid arthritis and a, where her hands were all gnarled up like this. Um, we went to visit her and we said, would you like us to pray? And she said, yes, please. She wasn't a Christian. She offers us a cup of tea. So we said, well, we'll pray with her. So when we did, she flew back across the room, which I thought was a bit funny. I've never seen anything like that before. And then when she came to us, this hand here, the bump and the lump had gone completely and her thumb was completely straight. Knocked me over with a feather again. I thought, this is pretty good. And the other hand, there was a bump on it, but it was nearly gone. Not quite, not quite. It was spectacular. Rheumatoid arthritis. She then came to church that next day and came for about the next three months. All because God had done something amazing in her life. At that time, round about that same time, we saw a, a young lady, a young woman came. And she came to the front like tonight. And in, that, in a meeting, she had a, 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 what I would call a, a bit of a, I suppose you call it a lazy eye, where she would look that way even when she was looking at you and she couldn't really see very well through it and so as we began to pray I think I may have shared this story I felt that the Holy Spirit say there's a curse over her eye so I just didn't you know, well, you know you might not agree with that but anyway I prayed it I prayed I broke a power of a curse over her eye she fell on the floor when she got up her eye was watering she said my eye my eye my eye I thought oh no I hope she's alright when she got her eye was completely straight I'm telling you, it was spectacular. I, I saw this with my own eyes. I saw it right before me. God still does these things, amazing things. He's still the living God. A friend at that time, as somebody in the church at that time, invited a friend from work. She worked in like a bakery type place on the main Union Street, whatever it is in Aberdeen, one of these type nice places you go to eat. So she invited her friend from work. This lady was in, in the church. She invited her friend about a year or so later to one of the evening meetings. And during that meeting, her friend had a few problems in her life and she was worried about something. So she came forward for prayer. She wasn't a Christian, 
we, we, we just pray with everybody that would come to those meetings. She fell down in the power of the Spirit and began to cry and, and uncontrollably. And she said, I don't know what's going on. I didn't expect this to happen. And we explained about the power of the Holy Spirit. She became a Christian not long round about that time. It was a spectacular season. There was another man that I knew who said that on the door, on the flats that he lived, he would see a dark figure appear um, outside his door with a cloak and then he would de- de- dematerialize and disappear. I felt it was a familiar spirit. You might not agree with that. But anyway, this guy was a Christian. We began to pray. He was a cert- from a certain city in, in another part of Scotland, and he moved to Aberdeen. And so uh, we began to pray, and we prayed that he would be set free from a familiar spirit. I won't go into the story, that had travelled from wherever it was. The spirit disappeared and never returned and, and haunted him ever, ever again. It went. It was spectacular. We have an, a living God who is alive today. All he asked for you and me is to give our hearts to him. I don't know where you are tonight. We're going to take communion together right now. And there's an opportunity for us to come and give our lives to God afresh, to yield to him and to say, this is my life. Lord Jesus, if you are willing, I'm going to give my life to you. Annette's going to come and lead us as we take communion together. And as we do take communion, it's an opportunity for us to do exactly that, to come before God and say, like the leper, like the man, this is my life. Jesus, I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to worship you. Will you come and take my life afresh, I pray.